0: Oh, God is wonderful, isn't He? What an amazing gift and blessing to be able to assemble together to worship. Right? What an amazing gift. Let's go to God in a word of prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank You so very much for this opportunity to worship You. Thank You, Lord God, for hearing us. Holy and awesome is Your name. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we thank you for all that you've done. And for all that you do and for all that you will do. We thank you for Jesus, your great son, who died that we might live. For that amazing sacrifice that has been made in our behalf. Please help us to be and to do the things that you would have us to do. Help us to be the people you would have us to be. Give us the strength to serve you all the way to the end. In Jesus' holy and precious name. We pray and thank Thee for be that will. Amen. We welcome you this morning, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance, for those who are here present today, and those who are online. This morning, I want us to continue with the idea and the thought of not giving up. But today, we're going to focus specifically on being too close to home. You know I'm talking about heaven, right? (laughs) All right. There are many occasions that um, men and women as God's children that we go through and and we feel so so overwhelmed it, fighting this lasting battle right this is this this has been going on for your entire Christian lives you, you've been fighting this battle against sin, striving not to compromise and you've become weary all of us become weary and and it's easy to compromise our faith as Satan causes us to weaken. And then what happens is when when you become a person who, a victim, you're stung by Satan's fiery darts. You know, they hurt. Life is tough. But we do not have to give up because God is there. Wait. Is He? Turn to Philippians chapter four, please. I mean, I want you to think about life. I mean, you know, this last year and a half, two years, it's been tough. COVID's been wreaking havoc on the world. This, this virus, this situations, our lives have changed. All, all types of illnesses are in front of us. I mean, nothing, nothing seems to, nothing seems to be changing. We're struggling. Struggling with isolation, anxiety, and worry. And and some have worried so much to to where it's just life becomes so overwhelming. And the preacher would say, well, well, remember Philippians 4, verse 4. and, And you read it and it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and you say I've heard that preacher say that turn to Matthew 6 and and I've read those scriptures and I and I try to hold on to that and I try to live by that and I try to remember that but I'm hurting is God there you've heard the preacher read Matthew 6 and verse 31, do not be anxious for then saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? With what shall we clothe ourselves for? All these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And then, and then he says, but seek first. The preacher Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you say, yes, Lord, that's what I'm talking about, Lord. Every day, every day there's trouble. And there's something new all the time. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 3, and we begin to wonder as people, as God's children, as the world tells us that God has forgotten us, and we keep saying, no, God has not forgotten us. But then in the back of our minds, church, some of us wonder still, is God really there? Has God, the creator of the universe, has... Has He given up on us? Has He given up on the church? Has He given up on civilization? And then you say, Preacher, you go back to Jeremiah 3, and you know, He gave up on the northern kingdom. He divorced the northern kingdom and said, you are no more. In Jeremiah 3, verse 6, And the Lord said to me, In the days of Josiah the king... Have you seen what faithless Israel did? She went up on every high hill and under every green tree and she was a harlot there. And I thought, after she had done all this, she'll return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw that all the adulteries. A faithless Israel. I had sent her away and given her a writ of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear. But she went and was a hearted also. I mean even God. God said. Well, well, I thought. After she'd done all these things she'd come back to me. Psalm 139. Does it. Does God see? Does God, does He know how much I'm struggling? Does He know the suffering of my heart? See, these are the things, these are the questions that that Christians often ask themselves. I'm not saying all Christians, but Christians ask themselves these types of questions when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you start asking these kinds of questions. God, what's going to happen to me? And you know the scriptures. It's not that you're doubting what the Bible says. You remind yourself, you read them, and you start looking, and you look, and you look, and you say, God, let me see you. You're reminded of the preacher. The preacher says in Psalm 139, you begin reading, Psalm of David, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways, even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I can't attain to it. Where can I go from thy spirit, O? Oh, where can I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me. And thy right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to thee. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike. And I remind myself after reading this, so I know God knows. (laughs) But it doesn't change. The thought that maybe, maybe my prayers are ineffective. Because as I go through all this and I realize that, turn to Luke 18 please, and I realize that all of this is true and, and yes, God does know and, and no God has, has not wound the world up and let it go. God is there. But in my life right now, are my prayers are my prayers ineffective? Maybe it's just me. Maybe God is not listening just just to me. And so Jesus, Jesus says, the preacher says, I want you to read something about an account about this woman and this judge. And you, you read the scripture, Luke 18, beginning at verse 1. He was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. lest by continually coming, she wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On the earth, turn to Exodus, please, chapter chapter two. Yes, Lord, I, I but I am wondering how how long was she praying about this? I mean, and and, and Lord, you are telling me to pray at all times and keep my faith, but how many times did she go to the judge for her legal protection and was rejected? By the judge. Like Joseph. I bet he prayed all the way to Egypt. In shackles. Begging God to help him. To understand. And like Daniel. Being carried off about age 14 to 16. Somewhere around there in the Babylonian captivity. We forget about that part. A young boy. And his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is God listening? Does God know? What about the Hebrews? in Egyptian bondage. They cried out to God in their suffering. In verse 23. Now it came about in the course of many days that the king of Egypt died. And the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the son of Israel, the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. They were delivered. In time, but you know something I 'm beginning to learn and think about is that I think it's the wrong question. It's not that God is not listening to us. Maybe just maybe it's that we are not listening to him. See, when you start thinking about all the scriptures, and you recognize that God truly delivered them every single time. And you do know that sometimes deliverance does mean death. In fact, the Bible tells us that. But I begin to wonder, why am I so tired and so weakened when fighting Against sin. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. Turn to Exodus chapter 14. See, life is is confusing. It, it's difficult to say the least. The Hebrews who have been delivered are, are, are now fleeing from Pharaoh. And in verse 10... As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in this wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out to Egypt? Is not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness? Do you hear the contradiction? God save me, help me please. Do you understand? Do you know? And then God does it His way and all of a sudden, it's wait a minute God, that's not what I meant. (laughs) And then the reasoning behind it it's better to be there a place of groaning and agony than to be here we're gonna die in verse 13 but moses said to the people do not fear stand by and see the salvation of the lord which he will accomplish for you today for the egyptians whom you have seen today you will never see them again the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. But even Moses had this issue for just a moment. And then God says in verse 15, The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Because you're, you're God. And then, and then God, if you will, says, Moses, I am God. Sounds a little different, doesn't it? Sounds a little different coming from God because God knows who He is. Do we? God doesn't doubt His power. Do I? God doesn't doubt His existence. Have I? God doesn't doubt His control. But I heard it over and over again from the church. Is God really in control? Preacher, I'm listening. Why do I feel so weak? 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 12. Maybe, maybe sometimes I feel so weak because actually I'm not really fighting that hard against sin. I'm actually fighting against God. I'm fighting against his will. And his way. Because I don't understand it. And because I don't understand it. I don't like it. And I want it my way. And I can't have it my way. And I don't understand. Because I don't want to understand. Maybe it's not that God is not listening. In fact. We know it's not that God is not listening. Maybe I'm just not willing to be used as his vessel. Maybe that's it. I mean, I know God has his will. Maybe I just don't want to be a part of that part of his will. I just want the good stuff. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe that's why I feel a little weaker than I felt yesterday. You know, Paul had this thorn in the flesh. And and what was the the concern? Remember verse 8? Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. God, I just don't like this. (laughs) Wait, so Paul, you'll take the glory and go to the third heaven. You'll take that, but you don't want what comes with it. Well, no, I, I don't want that part. I just want the third heaven part. God goes on to say in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for Paul. <laughs> so, so Lord, is it that you expect me to find completeness, even though I suffer upon the earth. Yes, child, I do. So, Lord, but I'm your child. Why do I have to? Because you're a physical being and you live on a physical earth and you have flesh and blood. So you're going to suffer. Because this is not heaven. We cannot have our heaven on earth. In fact, child, God might say, your suffering will make you long more so for heaven. Well, that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but God said in verse 9, My grace Is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. That's, that's the opposite. That doesn't make any sense. And God says, it's perfect. Because when you and I are weakened and weak, Guess what? We have no choice but to do. The very thing we were supposed to do in the beginning. Go to God. Listen again. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. That I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses. With persecution, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then... Okay, I'm starting to get it now. <laughs> then I am strong. See, I don't like the feeling of being weak because I'm, I don't have the control any longer. B- back to the point. Have we forgotten or have we just not listened? Understood or believe that actually God is in complete and total control. Yeah, yeah God, but look around. I mean, we, COVID has been terrible. It has been. We, we don't deny that life has been hard, and we suffer. Yeah, but God is still in control. Listen to Hebrews four in verse sixteen. The scriptures are clear. They remind us continuously that God wants to have His way with us. Not because He wants to control us, but because He wants to save us. And not just save me, but save the world. In verse 16, it says, Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and may find grace and help in time of need. So here's what God wants us to do, church. He wants us to step back and say, You know, Lord, yes, we're suffering. But I'm just going to trust in your grace. Lord God, I'm going to let you use me in the way that you see fit to bring salvation to a lost and dying world. And I really want to be in control, oh God, because it, it just feels so natural. But no, instead, I'm going to relish in my weaknesses. Because then I know, oh God, that you are in my life taking control and you are going to bring me through. Fighting with God will not only weaken us, it'll bring us to our knees. Psalm 46, please. And I wonder sometimes am I fighting against God? You tell me. Psalm 46 in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change. And though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains quake at its swelling. Verse 7, please. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our strong Hold. I am not strong at all. How about you? Thought I was. In fact, I was pretty sure I was. <laughs> Until I met God. And then I realized something. I'm not even strong enough to be Satan. I can't even see the traps that Satan lays. I, I can't even tell sometimes if it's Satan doing this or if God's behind it. Sometimes it's me and I blame God for it. I'm just as weak as everyone else. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. How about you? See, I don't want to find myself fighting against God. Because when I fight against God, I lose every single time. It's a battle I cannot win. Verse 28 says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. You see, if I never become weary, then I'm never going to rely on God's blessing to give me strength. Though youth grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Church, I love the fact that God's in control. When is the last time that you donned yourself with the armor of God? You know, for military folks, you know, I, you know, you and I know there, there are times when we just, we just didn't, we don't want to put on all the gear. You know, it, it's, it's time consuming. The, the stuff is is heavy. It's cumbersome. Turn to Ephesians six, please. I mean, it, it just sometimes you feel like you don't need it. Every single day in every hour of the day we need the armor of God because Satan is not going to take a break. Satan is not going to stop. Verse 10 you've read it finally be strong of the Lord and of the strength of his might put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil and then the verse I forget all the time For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, against the heavenly places. See, if you hate someone today, you don't have your armor on, because that's not your enemy. Satan is. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist, in the evil days, having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, preacher, there is no peace. Well then, you haven't put your armor on. In addition to all the, all of this, taking up the shield of the faith, which, which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God with all power and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So that was my introduction <laughs> to the lesson. Just kidding. You or two someone said, Don't please don't play, preacher. You are too close to home to give up now. See, whether you are a Christian or not, all the things we talked about would be a part of your life. Suffering, struggling, issues, temptation. All of that would be a part of your life, whether you are a Christian or not. But becoming a child of God and having donned yourself with with the armor of God And having run the race, the minute you come to Christ, you've come too close to give up now. To throw your salvation away. You're too close today. You're closer today than you were yesterday. And you've been on this journey for a long, long time. And in Christ, a long time is a day. And a long time is 40 years, 50 years, 60 years As a Christian. Because we don't know when God is going to call us home. We're fighting a good fight. Don't stop fighting. You're fighting for a great cause. And here's something you need to recognize. You're winning. We are winning the battle. We are not losing in any way, shape, or form. We are climbing to the mountaintop. I know sometimes it feels like maybe I'm about to fall, but you have not fallen. And I encourage you this morning to keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the prize and continue looking to heaven. It's worth it all. It's worth everything. Don't you agree, church? See, maybe you don't agree. Don't you agree, church? I feel like I'm talking to myself this morning. Let me ask you one more time. Don't you agree, church? Alright. We have come too close to a home to give up now. You are so close to your victory. And Satan is echoing in our ears. He's saying this thing over and over again. He's saying you're fighting a battle that you cannot win. But you and I know something. Satan is nothing in comparison to God. We know that. We trust that. We believe that. I want to begin to wrap this up. I want you to turn to John 13. John 13 Life is, is real. I mean, you said, well, we know that. Yeah, the struggle is real, right? Let, let's think about this for just, let's, let's deep, I guess let's dig deep into the mind of Peter. Listen to his sincere love for Jesus. In verse 38, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, Where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? Come on, Jesus, I've been with you all. Where are you going? Where are you going? Why can't I follow you right now? I'll lay down my life for you. I love you that much, Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, you don't really know what you're saying because you don't know what's you don't know what's coming tomorrow. In verse 38, Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly I say to you, a cock shall not crow until you deny me three times. Let me tell you why the words of Jesus are so precious in our ears. Please turn to Luke 22. Because life happens and life is difficult and life is tough and Satan bites us and stings us and hurts us and our brethren hurt us and we hurt our brethren and life goes on. And it is tough. And today my intention is great, but I don't know what's coming tomorrow. Peter didn't know. In verse 61, the Lord turned and looked at Peter after he denied him. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he told him, Before a cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And if it had not been for the earlier words of Jesus, maybe Peter right then, right there, would have given up. You ever felt like giving up? Have you ever been there before? Turn turn back to John for just just a moment. Have you have you ever felt like giving up? You ever been there? You ever felt like giving up on your marriage? You ever felt like giving up on your job? You ever felt like giving up on life? You know, the suicide rate is high right now, especially in our young folks. Brother, we need to be there for them. We need to be there for each other. You ever felt like giving up? You ever been there before? Peter was at the point of no return. But he remembered the words of Jesus. When Jesus said, verse 38, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly I say to you, A cock shall not crow until you deny me three times. And Peter remembers that. And he says, I deny the Lord. I cannot win. And Jesus reminds him and says, Peter, no, don't give up. You're too close to home. Remember the rest of what I said. Well, what else did you say, Jesus? Please don't stop reading. John 14, verse 1. Peter, I know this is going to happen. But let not your heart be troubled. But Lord, I just denied you. Brethren, we're gonna mess up. Just make it right. Repent. And let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. And then he focuses his mind to the prize. In verse 2, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. Peter, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Church, God loves us. And God doesn't want us to ever give up. And you don't have to give up. You're too close. One more scripture. Second Timothy. God encourages us. So I encourage you today to look to Jesus. To... Continue to fight the good fight of faith. To finish your race. And when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what God has promised. The great and eternal reward. And when you measure all this stuff, this suffering, the struggle, when you measure it by eternity, Remember the scriptures that tell us there's no comparison. Don't give up. Paul says, verse 7, I fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I have kept the faith in the future. There's laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. But not only to me, but also to all who've loved His appearing. That's you. That's you. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we encourage you to become one. Begin your battle with Christ. Surrender to Him in the waters of baptism. If you're a child of God and you're struggling in your faith, we can pray with you pray for you. Make it known. If we can help in any way, please come forward as together we stand and sing our song of invitation. God bless you.